Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Factors we are looking at in the market today. If you noticed, everything was up. Even after a lower number as we saw in the wheat complex overnight, they too have turned into the positives. A lot of factors that, that really kind of work into that, but I think one main one and that is weather. We're really going to see a weather-related market globally, not just out our back door, though we do know it is definitely dry throughout big portions of the United States. So we're going to first start out talking about this weather, what's going on, and how and why it continues to have a tight hold on these grain complexes. Arlen Suderman joins us with Stonex. So globally, uh, the weather is a big concern. I mean, we see it just out my back door, out yours, um, all over the place. We really do. We've gone through a period of years when weather has been pretty favorable overall around the world, and that's how we built up some of our surpluses. And now that seems to be changing. We're encountering more problems around the weather. The most notable is, of course, La Nina-related. Um, but then we've got some other weather issues that are not really that related to La Nina affecting uh, related other issues. I guess if we were to start and kind of go around the globe, if I would, I'd start in the Black Sea region. Uh, the eastern quarter of Ukraine is still quite dry, and uh, most of their wheat is planted now, but uh, in, in pretty poor conditions and, and some rough stands that they have there. As we go east into uh, Russia, uh, really, it's a southern three-fourths of Russia's winter wheat belt that's very dry. And I'd say maybe a third of that, um, they've it's just been too dry to plant. And, and the rest of that area um, is planted in just very thin, rough stands uh, and uh, very stressed. And, and probably wish now maybe they hadn't planted and hoping it rain would come. And there's really not a lot of rain in the forecast for the rest of the month for that region. And that becomes critical because as as we get into that winter wheat belt, dormancy tends to hit around the 15th of October for northern areas of the belt. And then it progressively gets later and later until you get to the southern parts of the belt when we're talking about mid-November. So you need to get the crop established for the harsh winters they have in that region of the world before it goes dormant. And, and that's looking highly unlikely now at this point. And so that's a real concern. That area of the world sets the world wheat price. And uh, we're expecting Russia to set some export quotas starting in the first of the year. That'll start limiting exports coming out of that part of the world of, of this year's crop and uh, start sending business elsewhere. Uh, then we come to the U.S. Southern Plains. Normally, the markets would not be concerned about drought in the U.S. Southern Plains uh, this time of year farmers would be concerned, but the market tends to not be concerned. The market tends to say, you know, call me up if the dust starts blowing and we have a dust storm, or in the spring, if the rains have failed to come by then, then we'll respond. But with the higher higher odds of a short crop in the Black Sea, suddenly the dryness in the Southern Plains makes a much bigger difference now. And add on to that the fact that we are dry as we go into the reproductive phase of the wheat crop in Argentina. We have had rains in some areas, but we have other areas that are still quite dry and production estimates are ratcheting lower. And that leads us to the next phase of La Nina, which 
We tend to get some showers in, in Argentina in October, but then it turns quite dry for uh, the summer growing season, which starts really, uh, really gets going December, January, and February. But the dryness tends to really start getting momentum again in November. And so there's a fairly high correlation of short corn and soybean crops in Argentina during La Nina years. And we look at Brazil, they tend to get a late planting season, but then the rains come and they have good yields, all except for our southern areas. And and the better yields further north kind of make up for that. But the real concern for the soybean market at this point is the late planting. And right now we are looking for some showers to start coming across maybe 60 to 70% of the belt next week, starting this weekend with maybe a half to one and a half inches of rain. In some areas, that will increase some planting, but then it goes hot and dry again, so they'll be reluctant to put it in the ground. So if you delay the planting by a month, you essentially delay harvest by nearly a month. That extends the U.S. export season by another month, and that can mean a lot more soybeans going out through the Gulf of Mississippi and the Pacific Northwest ports, further drawing down our balance sheet for the current year. Then if you add in a short crop in Argentina for a harvest next year and you bring more demand yet to us over the coming year, that's what the traders are watching is those weather issues there um, in these areas of the world. Looking at all of this, and I want to kind of jump back to this whole wheat issue and Russia and the Black Sea region, obviously the biggest um, growers of wheat in the world, is that causing for some nervousness in the trade and maybe putting some pressure on all these other countries to step up and be able to produce if need be? Yeah, and and you raise another point there. These high wheat prices right now are encouraging uh, growth or expansion of wheat acres here in the United States, and I anticipate elsewhere as well in the northern hemisphere where wheat is currently being planted where they can. Obviously, it's a problem in getting it planted in in the Black Sea region. Uh, But as we come to the United States, anywhere where there is moisture and uh, they can grow wheat, we're looking at probably expanding some acres for this next year's crop. But of course, the big key is when will it rain and will we get enough rain? And if Arlen, if you and I knew those questions, we'd be making millions right now. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, stick around, folks. We are going to continue to talk more about what's happening with this weather. Who is it making nervous besides, obviously, these producers? From a global perspective, we know that the money's out there on the table. And I also have a question about this Hurricane Delta. Is that a concern as well? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. And it's kind of been a very weather-related talk of the Fontenelle Final Bell today, Arlen. So let's talk about China. They're on holiday, but suddenly we start seeing purchases pop up again from them. Yeah, you really got to understand the culture of the Chinese buyer. Just by nature, they tend to uh, get all caught up in the emotion of weather markets. Uh, they tend to panic, if you will, and think, oh, no, there's going to be a shortage. We better buy now. And so they tend to chase rallies. And so as I was talking to one of our people who works very closely with Chinese buyers uh, earlier today, you know, we were talking about the fact that they're on holiday. And I said, are they going to be able to stay on holiday 
um, with these markets taking off, or are they going to be um, back on their phone and making some purchases? And he said, yeah, likely so. And, that, and then as a few minutes later, we got the confirmation that they'd made some more big purchases. Um, so they're, they're helping chase this market higher. That's their nature. They tend to overbuy in these situations, and then when everything kind of settles down, they see what they need and what's available. That's when the cancellations start or the shifting to southern hemisphere origins. But that's down the road again. For now, it's providing the, the buying power, so to speak, or contributing to it. There's a lot of fund money in there. Algo computer trading as well that's contributing to the strength. So looking at the weather as we continue, I mentioned about a hurricane delta and we know uh, right now it's been it's been upgraded from a tropical depression to to a hurricane moving in and it's going to hit the coastline. Obviously, right at the Mississippi, we've got a lot of barges moving. We've got a lot of locks and dam systems. You and I were talking during the commercial break about what type of effect hurricane delta could have on this grain market. Yeah, yesterday it very rapidly expanded to a Category 4. I mean, it's just on rapid succession on my phone. It's a, it's a Category 3. It's a Category 4. I mean, within minutes of each other. Um, got very strong. Hit the Yucatan Peninsula today. That's loaded down to a Category 2. Now it's moving out over the Gulf, warmer waters of the Gulf and restrengthening. The Gulf waters are not as warm as what they were 10 days ago. That will help limited strength, but it's still expected to be a Category 3 now as it heads toward the Louisiana coast. The worst sector of the storm to be in is the northeast quadrant, and, and there's a real possibility we could see New Orleans and the ports of New Orleans in that northeast quadrant. So they're quickly trying to load as much on uh, these ships as they can, um, and then here in a matter of hours, they're going to be shutting that down so those ships can get out to the Gulf and, and to the east of the path of the storm where it's safe. Barges that are moving down river with more supplies of this year's harvest are being sus- held up river. So that's disrupting things in a year when our export docket was so full near capacity that we couldn't afford to slow things down. The next question would be how much damage is there? If there's not much damage and we're fortunate that, they can get things going back up pretty quickly, get the ships back in and get loading again. If there's a lot of damage like what we had with Katrina, it's going to take longer and create more bottlenecks and and problems for us. So uh, the the storm's expected now to hit. It's moving a little faster than it was expected. They hit the Louisiana coast midday Friday now, it looks like. Originally, they were saying Friday night, early Saturday morning. So uh, in about 48 hours, we should know a lot more. Let's jump over quickly to the livestock before we wrap up. Feeder cattle, they have had a continued struggle and did so again today. Yeah, when corn prices took off yesterday, feeder cattle broke lower. And uh, we saw more of the same today. Now, feeder cattle were able to kind of erase today's losses a little bit uh, uh, as we went into late in the session and kind of firm off those losses and come back and just above unchanged from yesterday. But still feeling that effect. And the strength coming back was because we saw some strength in live, live cattle futures. Uh, live cattle trading the 
the ongoing fundamentals that are holding up better than expected. We've seen some weaker product markets, but not near as weak as we would have expected for this time of year for the anticipated fundamentals. So this says, suggests those fundamentals aren't as bad as we thought. And uh, that's holding up the fats and finally got enough to where we were able to kind of provide some support for the feeders as well. Do you think that'll hold some of these calves coming off grass to head to the feedlot? Yeah, and that's the real question. Right now, our feedlot pens are, are pretty full, so the demand is down. That's been hurting the feeder cattle market as well. But as we're able to move things out and create some room, then I think we will. Obviously, there's not a lot of pasture out there where the drought has been having an impact. That was partly responsible for the numbers we saw in our last cattle on feed report. It's only gotten drier since then, so that tends to push cattle into the feedlot a little bit sooner than what you'd otherwise see. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? At stonex.com or over on Twitter at uh, my handle is ArlenFF 101. Thanks so much, Arlen Suderman, joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.